Hello, everyone, and inside today's Locked On Canadians, we have a very special guest who is not Laura, unfortunately, for all of you who cannot get enough of my co-host. It's Mailbag Friday. That means we got a ton of mailbag questions and a whole bunch of other nonsense coming up inside. For Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 595 of Locked On Canadians. Thank you for making us your first listen or your first watch of the day. Please make sure you subscribe on YouTube so you can watch me do Italian things with my hands whenever the moment calls for it. I am one of your hosts. I am Scott Matla. I am joined not by the active stick, Laura Saba. She is out uh, impressing a toddler in Montreal tonight in her own words. I am stealing that directly from Twitter. And I am joined by a good friend of the show and good overall buddy ian boivere at maybe it's ian on twitter ian how are we feeling on thursday night after the habs played a stinker and then the rocket decided to uh murder another ahl team on the ice for 60 minutes (laughs) yeah that rocket game was insane i haven't caught a lot of the rocket this year just because i've been caught up with with the habs but um They've been that that was not, I got up at the beginning of the third period when they were up for nothing. I talked to my fiance for a minute, came back. They had scored two more times. Like, I it, don't. It's insane. It, it, I, I had sat down. I was talking to my girlfriend about some stuff and I, I turned. I turned. I turned. I turned. Oh, no. And I'm clipping a highlight as I go here. And then I turn back to talk to her, turn back around. They have scored again. And I turn back to continue my conversation and turn back one more time. And they have scored a third goal in no time flat. And it's just one of those things that I look at this and I go, well, that's neat. I'm glad that they did that. They lost an overtime in Rochester, had to move and play a game ahead of schedule because the NBA play-ins are happening. Uh, and tonight was actually a night of some, you know, milestones here. Alex Belzeal becomes the first player in franchise history to top 100 points with his goal. Rafael Harvey Pinard hits 50 points on the season. Jean Sebastian D hits 25 goals across the board. It was a really, really good bounce back. Kevin Poulain gets a shutout. And I know Ian, you said you haven't watched a lot of the Rocket, but it's very nice to know that there is one part of this organization, likely two, depending on what happens with the Lions who are going to be playing postseason hockey this year. And I think what's most impressive is that the Rocket are doing it with really maybe two, you know, I, that I would consider bona fide NHL prospects and Rafael Harvey Pinard and uh, Jesse Alonen. And, and they just, they're getting it done. It, it's nice to see some of that AHL process uh, paying dividends now. Yeah, they've got a good cast of like, I, I noticed, especially in this game, like, a lot of the offense was coming from like veteran players like Gabriel Bork. I believe what it was on Schnarr's goal, the, just the patience in the slot. He spins around and throws a back end pass right on his tape. Like, you know, there's some good vets on this team to go along with, you know, the, the two main forwards who are going to be headed there. And then, you know, we may see 
some guys that are in Montreal head down at the you know after the season ends and, and finish it out with the Rocket. It should be fun. I'm excited to watch the playoffs with this team. It should be a good time. And I think that's the wild part is that the AHL is about, yeah, you want your young guys to develop and play a ton, but at the same time, it's finding that cast of characters there that kind of fits with, they had it last year too. Like the rocket last year were not a team to be trifled with. They were very good. Like, and then this year they started slow, but then John Sebastian D has been a absolute massive find. Alex Belzio when he's been healthy has contributed and like I look at guys like Brandon Jignac and Jean-Christophe Baudin uh, in the forward group who have worked out. Like Devontae Smith-Pelly Smith is an extra forward on this team. And he was a top six forward for like a month because of the injuries. And he came in and put up like eight points in 16 games, which is nothing to sniff at. It, it's just everything's been working out for them. And I think I want to point out the defense here is that the defense doesn't wow anybody. But I look at it and it works. Sammy Niku has been absolutely incredible for the yeah. Rocket, and he makes it look easy. And there's a handful of guys I'd like to see get, you know, a couple of games with the Canadians here if the Rocket can clinch in the near future. Uh, Jean Sebastian D, I think, should get an NHL game. He's been the only guy who wasn't able to play um, during that whole COVID outbreak. He was he couldn't get called up because he had a false positive test, so he wasn't able to play in the NHL. I think he's earned at least one game in, uh, for the Habs. I think Sammy Niku should get another look because I think there's something there with him that they could use on this team next year, especially as like a Chris Weidman replacement. It's been a really good season for like Martin St. Louis doing at the NHL level, analyzing who here fits in the future, who can we count on to kind of guide the next generation of prospects there. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't think there's any issue bringing back uh, Alex Belzeal, uh, Sammy Niku, uh, Jean-Sebastian D again, if they're playing like this right now. Yeah. And do you happen to know off, off the top of your head um, how many games Niku needs at the NHL level? Because I know he's one of those weird um, free agents where if he doesn't play enough NHL games, he'll become an unrestricted free agent. Not that I think that matters too much for whether or not he stays in Montreal. Like, if he doesn't play and they want to keep him, he'll he'll sign here. But let me take a look here. Sammy Niku. Let me click on his name. Um, he's got 13 games this year. Like, I don't uh the number six is popping into my head, but I don't think that's right. He's arbitration eligible. I um he I believe, yeah, he he his required years are taken care of. So he has four years. It's uh so I think he is arb eligible. Okay. I can't see them just letting him go for nothing yeah. this offseason because that's a waste of an asset for this team who I think could be very valuable. And I I am so I haven't been able to cover playoff hockey for an AHL team since what was that 2017 was Claude yeah. Julian's first season in Montreal. It was right after he got hired. It was during the Rangers playoff series because they played in Syracuse where they lost in five games. Four games, four games, and they're likely to go into the playoffs as a top two seed out of their division, which is just wild to think about. And I know that we dump on Mark Bergman and the previous regime a lot. This is their coaching staff. This is guys yeah. that they have signed to that and credit to them. They've done a very good job after basically nuking the AHL system under Sylvain Lefebvre, getting it back to being something respectable. And now Hughes and Gorton have to continue that. 
And I think this is a positive sign. I will give them full credit. I've done it before. Uh, this is the fruits of their labor paying off. And now it passes on to the next generation. Yeah, absolutely. And it seems like a place that guys can go to actually not only play competitive winning hockey, but like hopefully develop, right? Like we, we're seeing guys who like Raphael Harvey Pinard, who like you look at him and you go, I see a legitimate NHL future there, or at least a shot at one, right? Like they're, he has been put in the right place to succeed, which makes it very, very exciting to look at the prospects that might be on the way. Um, the draft picks that they have coming up in this draft and the year after, they've got a lot of them. The AHL isn't so much of a death sentence like it used to be, or, you know, in, in most cases, the prospects for Montreal who made it completely bypassed the American hockey league. Um, you know, Arturi Lekkinen never really played in the American Hockey League. He just showed up in Montreal out of training camp. He won a spot, and that was the end of it. Um, you know, Jake Evans seems to be the one who came out of Laval, and everyone goes, see, look, Jake Evans. But, like, Jake Evans can't be the one. There has to be more. We need more. So I'm looking forward to the more part of all of this. Yeah, and we'll obviously have plenty more on the Rocket. They are down to nine is their magic number to clinch a playoff spot. Uh, however, it is Friday. We're going to shift gears. No more serious talk. We're going to be ridiculous. It is the Friday mailbag, and that's all coming up next. But first, if you follow the show, you know that we love Built Bar, myself, Ian, Laura. It is one of our favorite products that we talk about on here. And if you love Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, you got to love Built Puffs, the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're light, they're fluffy, they're delicious, and they are always good on the go. And most Built Bars, they contain 130 calories, so low calories, low sugar, low net carbs, 17 grams of protein, so you can get swole AF at the gym. If you eat them as a snack like I do throughout the workday to give you that extra boost of energy. And there are flavors for everyone from your traditional brownie, mint brownie, coconut, to things like raspberry, orange, cherry. There is something for everybody when it comes to Built Bar. If you go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15, you're going to get 15% off your order. So please go check out, see what they've got, find what you want to put in your box there, and use our promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. All right, we are back. It is myself. It is Ian. It is our Friday mailbag. It is always a very fun time. Uh, I have two screenshots from Laura. That is why I'm looking at my phone because she has access to the email account, and I do not because I cannot be trusted with things on the internet and the first question comes from Zach, and it says, Hi, Scott and Laura. Ian, you're going to play Laura in this situation just because you've got the hair for it. So. I, did, I did the lip shot earlier today. I was ready. <laughs> uh, it says, Hi, Scott and Laura. Massive Canadians fan, far, fan from Australia here. I've been listening to the show for a while now, and I absolutely love it, so I thought I should finally write in. I have a question. Imagine a dream scenario where the Habs end up with Suzuki, Shane Wright, and Connor Bedard. Can they all fit together? And if so, how? Who plays with Caulfield? Oh, that's tough. I mean, I, we're not the oil. The Oilers broke the lottery for <laughs> this reason, right? Like they and, and the NHL has changed the rules because of what the Oilers did to the lottery. And by nothing but dumb luck did they get all of those players. And it's funny, like. The you know the first overall pick in McDavid and the fourth overall pick in Dreisaitl were the ones that stuck. Um, I know Habs fans are really 
cued in on on right specifically right now, and then the the the, the prospect of adding Bedard later. It's tough. I mean, it'd make for one hell of a power play, wouldn't it? <laughs> and that's the thing is I look at this and I go, Shane Wright is not what Connor Bedard is, and Connor Bedard is not what Shane Wright is. And if you're going to miss in a year, the thing is Shane Wright plays a very smart two-way game, I think, and that's where his strength lies. But I also look at Connor Bedard and I go, he's such a tantalizing prospect. But in his draft is also Mitchkov, who is effing incredible in his own right. And I'm like... I would almost prefer that they win the right lottery and then draft second and end up with Mitch Cobb anyways. Like there's not a downside to picking in that. I also don't think they're going to be bad enough to win that lottery. Unfortunately, you know. I think Shane Wright is a very fun player. And my answer is you keep Caulfield with Suzuki. You play them as your main offensive line. And then you roll out right Patrice Bergeron and whomever. And then you roll out Bedard and who Yelonen and whoever. And you just hope your fourth line doesn't get murdered and you just roll offense there. So yeah. I don't know. That's, that's fun. That sounds real, real fun to be <laughs> honest with you. Uh, we've got another question. This came uh, after the devil's game on the seventh. So we are uh, about a week behind on answering this. What are your thoughts on Dvorak right now? And do you think he will be here throughout the rebuild? Would you prefer to have Dvorak or the picks traded for him? Also, am I the only one who feels bad for the Hamburglar tonight? And no, I felt bad for Andrew Hammond too because he played so well for the Habs. He went to New Jersey and then promptly got New Jerseyed, which means he died a horrible goalie-related death, which is playing behind the Devils' defense. Yeah, I think think Hammond had given up in his first two starts with New Jersey like 13 goals, so not great. Um, I Dvorak has been much better. Um, I think the line he's playing on has been much better. Um, He's certainly more noticeable in the offensive zone. He's had a weird year. I don't think he's particularly thrilled with, with where he's at right now, um, just with his game. Uh, With that said, knowing where this, where this team is headed, I think I would prefer the picks that went the other way. I'm trying to think. I mean, it's, it was, it would be, yeah, hold on. I'm going to look up the Dvorak trade here, but, I, I, I'm kind of uh, with you on that as well as that. I look at this and I uh, – so the Canadians traded – was traded for a first-round pick in 2022. It's Carolinas. Yes, because the Canadians cannot finish outside the top 10 now. Uh, where is it? Uh, I mean, that Carolina pick could be 30, 31, 32 yeah. in the first round, you know? At the same time, like they got the pick from – Calgary as well, which it's like, okay, having three first round picks, I think would be really fun this year. But at the same time, I shudder to think of what this team would look like if they didn't have Christian Dvorak playing center. It's true. Yeah. Like there's just a huge gap there. Like I, I, and I, like I wanted Christian Dvorak when last off season, I was like, even before Kotkaniemi left, I wanted him. I liked him as a player. I thought he filled a really big need for the Canadians. It just hasn't worked, right? Like, and it's, I don't think that's to the fault of the players so much as it has the circumstances around him. And then, oh yeah, he got hurt. Like, it's not, it's just one of those things that's not fair. They never really found out what kind of player he is either. It's like, are you an offensive center? Are you a defensive center? What are you, what role do you play? And all due respect to Josh Anderson, when you, your line is Dvorak and Josh Anderson, uh, and you know, Jonathan Drouin and, or Mike Hoffman, 
you can't give them defensive minutes because that's not playing to the strength. And of course it's going to look bad injuries and everything. It makes it very hard to know, you know, what, what is Christian Dvorak to this team? And I think a fully healthy year under Martin St. Louis will go a long way. Um, I'm going to dive into a couple of Twitter questions because we have 12 of them on here. Uh, let's see here. Uh, from DeSobes, Rem Pitlick, Tyler Pitlick, or both? I think Rem is a definite. I don't think that the Canadians are going to let him go any sort of way. I think he's a Canadian for a while now. Um, especially if you could move out uh, UL Armia. I mean, I don't think he takes that Armia deal, but... That's sort of a, a contract you can move out and then justify signing um, Pitlick to a little bit. Tyler, I haven't, I just haven't seen enough. I think his defensive, defensively, he looks okay. There's just no offense on that stick. I don't think he's he's just guy yeah. to me. Like Tyler Pitlick is just guy that I'm like, okay, it's you, Paling, and whoever the hell on the fourth line. Uh, I'd rather see like Dauphin in the lineup over yeah. him because I think he brings a little more energy. But like. Rem Pitlick's going to stay. Tyler Pitlick's going to sign like a $750,000 deal with like I'm trying to think of a team he hasn't played for like the St. Louis blues, like in the off season, that's going to be his spot. So, um, and one more question, uh, from, uh, automatic Bazooty. uh, should the Habs consider making Paul Byron a healthy scratch for the remainder of the season to avoid injury for the purpose of a buyout this summer? Eesh. I don't know. I, I think that from a leadership standpoint, I think Paul Byron's a guy they want around. Like if, if they needed the cash next year, fine. I don't think they do. Like, I just, I don't, they're, they're probably going to try to move Shea Weber's hit cap hit again. You know, they, they are, there's Jeff Petrie's most likely being moved out. Like his contract's going to be moved out. There's money to be moved around where you don't have to fret about Paul Byron's cap hit. I, I would be upset if they if they bought him out. I think that he's a team guy that they need to keep. I think he's here at least through next season. Like you said, yeah. he wears a letter. He plays with he loves playing here. I think he's here to the end of the deal. And then I think Paul Byron's also smart enough to then go, I have more than enough money. I'm I'm out kind of thing. Yeah. Uh I'd be sad if they got rid of him too, just because I think he's a very useful piece now that he's healthy. It's just the team's such a disaster this year that like we don't know what anyone actually looks like right now. So to be quite honest, I'd rather they keep Byron through the offseason. Like I said, Petrie's almost assuredly gone. Uh, I think Yolar Mio will probably be gone. Shea Weber's contract is going to get shipped off to uh, the desolate sands of Arizona, Tempe, Phoenix, 7-Eleven, and Glendale, wherever the Coyotes are playing. And there's going to be a lot happening there. So... Uh, we are going to get into the rest of your mailbag questions coming up. But first, word from our sponsors at Bet Online, where they're your number one source for all your sports betting stats and sports info. And you get all the developments across any league, including the basketball playoffs, the start of the Major League Baseball season, the NHL playoffs are right around the corner. And they have all the wagering info you need from live betting in the playoffs to esports and more. Head to their website or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. Bet online where the game starts. All right. And it occurs to me that I have not done this today, but if you want to send in mailbag questions at LO underscore Canadians on Twitter, locked on Canadians at gmail.com or in the comment sections on YouTube, because we love that. 
Uh, we're going to jump right into the rest of the Twitter questions here. Uh, one from Randy Hansen. Do you want to see anybody from Laval play a game for the Habs who hasn't had one yet? Who deserves a game in your view? I know we talked about this a little bit with uh, Jean-Sebastian D and Sammy Niku. Um, I don't think they really have anyone else that's on a contract that can actually come up, though. Yeah, and I don't... I. It would be a cool reward, but I think those guys are just focused on the AHL goal at this point, which is there's, you know, I, I think a lot of people look at the AHL as like, I don't know, I, it is a level below the NHL, but it's like the, the second best hockey league on the planet. Like that matters. You know, I, I think it from an organizational standpoint, it makes sense to keep all of these guys focused on that because I think that focus pays off later on, right? Like, whether that's, you know, guys that do get called up next season, if there's a bunch of injuries, even some of the veteran guys, like they get called up. I'm a Montreal Canadian now. That's my focus. So it's, I think it's important to keep that focus. I don't. I. It'd be cool to see Sami Niku and that beautiful hair come back up, but like if he doesn't, I don't think it's the end of the world. Yeah, I, I'm in the same boat. I think Jean Sebastian D is my number one guy who I think deserves a game, and maybe Xavier Willette, depending on what they want to do with the defense. Like Corey Schumann's going back down. Uh, and this one comes uh, from another listener. While it makes a lot of sense, uh, makes sense for a lot of players to be sent down to Laval and thus be unavailable for the Habs each night. At the same time, hasn't someone earned playing time over Tyler Pitlick? I feel bad that we're play- that we're picking on Tyler Pitlick. It's not his fault. No, and like. I don't know. There's like, you could you could pick any number of guys who I think you should sit. The one we haven't mentioned is Mike Hoffman, who is just like, he's just getting absolutely decimated by the comments every night. And well, he, some he of it's not playing some well. Of, absolutely, <laughs> I was about to say some of it's fair. Like he's not playing well, but like, I, I I'm not seeing it from an effort standpoint. Like I'm I he is he the efforts there is what I'm trying to say. Like. It's not like I'm not trying Mike Hoffman. It's I'm trying really hard. And I think he's doing that thing where you try really hard and you do too much. And that goes the other way. I I don't. The Canadians are an incomplete team full of incomplete lines, incomplete players, incomplete defense pairings. It's okay if you've got a passenger every now and then. Right? Like, not, this is it's not game six of the Stanley Cup final. It's okay. It's game. What is it? We got eight more left. It's game 74. 73 of 82 in a season where they're going to finish with a number that starts with three. Like it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like, I, I what are you going to do? This is not a full NHL team right now. They have one guaranteed NHL line, maybe one guaranteed NHL pairing. It's like, I'd rather, like you said, kind of keep the rocket together there. And it's like, maybe Dauphin comes in, maybe Pizzetta comes in one game, but it's yeah. like, it's just not there yet, honestly. And why rush people into a situation where they're going to get hammered? So um, another one from Randy Hanson. Again, why do NHL teams not have extra promotional jerseys available? The indigenous versions were gorgeous. This is okay. I'm going to do a little bit of a rant rant here for a second is that whenever teams do promotional jerseys and the rocket are guilty of this as well, they always put them up for auction and they are not easily available for normal people like myself. Uh, the last limited run jersey I was able to get my hands on was the St. John's ice cap one, but they did a limited run in their team store. And now everything gets put up for auction. You got people who are keeping an eye on it and bidding five, six, seven, eleven hundred $1,100 on things. And it's like, I can't afford this. 
the best thing that these teams could do is actually produce a good amount of these. Produce a limited run of like 300 for fans. Price them with your regular jerseys as blanks and then sell them with the money going towards these organizations. Like the Canucks ones were incredible yeah. and everything else. And it's like, it feels like a missed opportunity to not allow fans to easily access those. Yeah. And I mean, just generally speaking, a lot of these special jerseys, I mean, even the, the, what was it? The retro reverse jerseys last year in the NHL were a limited release, right? Like you can't buy a lot of almost any of them in stores anymore. Um, you know, it's very strange to me that they choose to do that. They they inflate the the demand by, you know, limiting the supply. Not to turn this into like CNBC or something, but <laughs> it's it's you know, I, I managed to get two of the retro reverse jerseys. I, I, that the 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 Laval Rocket jersey that they wore the other night, the the retro one, is like it should be illegal. Like that jersey's gorgeous, and it's. I want to spend an amount of money that my my parents would call reckless and irresponsible on those on those jerseys. Like it's not fair that we can't get them. And they're wearing another one too that's been two years in the making because they were supposed to wear it and then yeah. COVID wiped out the season. I looked at him and I went, let me give you my money that I need for my dog or <laughs> groceries or gas or an engagement ring or anything. I want to give you this so I can buy this very nice blue jersey with a fleur-de-lis on it, and you will not let me do that. Let me love you like I want to. But it it's all goes back to hockey has this weird accessibility issue, and the jerseys aren't cheap. Even the Fanatics ones are $175. Like, yeah. it's not easy. Um our next question comes from uh, Nico Tremblay on Twitter. Should the Canadians get a new goal horn song next season to officially say goodbye to the old regime and hello to the new one? Horn? No. I like the horn. Song? Fine. <laughs> like, I'm. that's fine. <laughs> Bring back the old goal song, not yeah. um, the Ale Montreal. Bring back the one that's just called the goal song. Yeah, yeah. I want that back. I. Yeah. That is... I was so one. I've never actually heard the goal at the goal horn go off at the Bell Center and play the goal song because the only game I've been to there had zero goals scored in it until the shootout. We've so, seen the same amount of goals at the Bell Center, and I've never been there. Yeah, it's <laughs> oh my. Anyways, I I would like to bring back the old goal song. I think because Joel Edmondson brought that fix you, so I think he should bring back the old goal song. Um, I don't. I have nothing against the current one. It's fine. It's just like. It doesn't. It doesn't feel like Montreal with it, though. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, uh, this one comes from Beth from the Happy Hour. If the Habs released a team cookbook, which player not named Carey Price would have the best recipe? See, I read this question, and I think best and my favorite are going to be different answers. My thought is it's still Jeff Petrie, but like I feel, I, yeah. But see, I. I could see Michael Pizzetta eating like I do, like just actual garbage. <laughs> but it's a recipe though. Like he's not walking to 7-Eleven to get taquitos like you and I do because we are that kind of person. So yeah, but it's like, here's a Buffalo chicken dip. Like, okay. Yeah. Michael Pizzetta parties. Like I get it. Like Nick Suzuki is probably making like a nice meal, right? Like Nick I Suzuki's making a brioche. <laughs> 
which he's going to walk in and someone's going to be like, hey, he made brioche. And yeah. just he's going to just death stare them across the uh. room. Brioche heathens. <laughs> like, just Cole's going to show up with just, you know, a 12 pack of Mountain Dew and pixie sticks. So, like, uh, I think that's it for Habs related questions. Yes, that is it for Habs related questions. Um, this one comes from Blaine Potvan. Perhaps the most important question of our lifetimes. Do you set your roll of toilet paper under like a feral raccoon or over like a normal person? I, this is one of those culture war things that I have never found the gumption to get involved in. The The answer is buy a bidet and put your toilet paper however the hell you want. Like it doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Carly just heard that because I heard something move upstairs. So the answer is over. Don't be a lunatic, the, the lot of you. So okay, then answer this. Like, why does it matter? Like, I've never, I've. I don't want to reach under to pull it. I can pull it down when it's going over, and it easily rips. And I can get my squares. I can wipe my bum and go about my business. If I got to go under, I got to do this weird reach. And tear that doesn't work. It doesn't make a lick of friggin' sense. It, it has never mattered to me. Like maybe, maybe I'm just built different, but like it's never mattered to me in the slightest. Ah, uh, anyways, sound off in the comments on which way toilet paper needs to go on a roll, folks. Um, seems like a very late spring this year. What springtime activity are you most anticipating? I haven't gotten out fishing yet. Fishing opens around here in, in April. I haven't I haven't had the time, but I'm looking forward to it. Um, a couple of reservoirs up by my place. I, I like to do some angling for bass off the uh, off the shore. So looking forward to that. I think I'm kind of getting excited to go hiking again. I've been craving to get back up into the high peaks because it's been a while. It's it's something that it sucks all the way up, but then you get to the top and it just takes <laughs> your breath away. It's truly just stunning stuff. Uh, this one comes from the nemesis. Why does every locked on podcast say thank you for making us your first listen today when I can only listen to one first? What if I listen to multiple locked on podcasts? The others are thanking me for something I didn't do and it creates a moral quandary that I did not sign up for. My answer to this is shut up and go do your crossword, Will. You're the worst. <laughs> uh, that's fine. I, I'm not. I'm just I'm just along for the ride. Like I, I'm playing Laura today, but I'm not Laura, so I can't actually answer this question. I can't. This is uh, so. This question's, and I know we're running a little bit long here, but I don't care because this question's worth it. In honor of the protester who tried to glue themselves to the court during a basketball game, how would you protest if you had to do something insane during a hockey game? Uh, you go first. I have to think this one through. I don't know if you have anything. Well, my thought is like one, she tried, I, the story of her trying to glue herself to the court is just wild to me. Yeah, but my thought is, is that you don't try and jump on the ice because if you tr I've seen a video of a streaker who tried to go over the boards oh. and he hits the ice and he just knocks himself out cold and he's out cold, butt naked on the ice. And there's just a bunch of people laughing at you. I think if you're going to do that, it's, you got to get those confetti guns and you got to wear like a sandwich board that you've somehow smuggled in with whatever you're doing. And you just run up to whoever is in net because it's going to draw the most attention from everybody when the goalie punches you. And you set off the confetti cannon in their face. And then you start spinning in a circle with whatever your protest thing is on the sandwich board there. It's going to get attention. You're not naked. So they're going to keep the camera on you or someone will anyways. And it'll be all over the internet. So you're accomplishing your goals. I'm pretty sure. I'm. 
concerned at how much thought you've put into all of that. Like I've that, seen this question. That's what I did at work today is I talked about the NFL draft and I thought about that question way more than I'm willing to admit. Yeah, that's those are good answers. I, like the only thing I can think is like bringing a bunch of like magic markers and just drawing all over the class the entire game. <laughs> I don't know why that's the funniest thing to me. And not even like, not even like writing like heinous things, just like, I don't know, maybe, maybe some just like really bad chirps at the other team. I, I'm like, okay, like you can get them in there easy enough. They're not going to set off like the metal detector. And all no. you got to do is just have someone like screen you. I'm just imagining just like watching it go past. And all you have is like a piece of car, a whiteboard put up behind it so they can see it on the glass. And it's just like Brad Marchand huffs farts on yeah. the boards <laughs> all the way around the arena. Like that's, it's not a protest, but I am protesting Brad Marchand. So I guess that's fair. Or just wear like a neon red hat and sit behind the goal light like everybody else does in every NHL arena. I, I'm going to find that guy at the Bell Center. Just and we are ooh, going to fight. I do it, not care that he is likely an elderly man. We are going to fight because yeah. I hate him. And now Come there's on, one throwing hands. There's one at each end of the ice now. At least there was in the last game. Yeah, there was like, there was like a yellow one on the left on the left side. I was like, stop! Stop it. All of you. I'm protesting both of you. I will come and I will spray paint your jacket matte black so it blends into everything. Stop it. You're stop it. Just stop it. Um, that's gonna wrap up our show. If you want to send us mailbag questions, you can tweet us at LO underscore Canadians or send us emails at lockdowncanadians at gmail.com. You can always drop them in the YouTube comments on any episode. You can follow Ian at maybe it's Ian. Subscribe to the Build Podcast. It's well worth your time to check all that out. You can follow myself at Scott Matley. You can follow Laura at The Active Stick. And when you're done listening to us, please check out Locked On Fantasy Hockey. They have all the info you need to make sure you come away with fantasy bragging rights this year.